On December 25, 2020, a lone individual parked his RV outside 166 Second Avenue North in downtown Nashville, Tennessee. The RV was packed with explosives, which he then detonated. The resulting explosion killed him, injured eight people, and damaged dozens of neighboring buildings, including an AT&T network facility. The damage to that facility meant many days of communication services outages for residents and businesses in the city. Looking beyond the sadness of the situation and the injuries suffered by innocent people, this event also shines a spotlight on a particular vulnerability that we all share as individuals and as organizations, our belief in an infallible telecoms system. Once that system is damaged through natural disasters, sabotage, terrorism or malware, a vital component of our lives, reliable voice telecommunication by phone, is taken away. And only then do we fully start to appreciate what we have just lost. Welcome to the Cloud Tweaks podcast. I'm Steve Prentice. Losing a phone system might not seem to be so much of a threat in an era where much communication is done via email and messaging. It's surprising to learn just how much business is still done or is assisted in some way by voice. My guest today is someone who knows a great deal about this and who knows how to keep the channels open. He is David Anandraj, Manager of Product Management for the e-commerce segment of BCM1. David, it is a pleasure to have you on the Cloud Tweaks podcast. Yeah, thank you, Steve. Uh, great to be here on the podcast with you and looking forward to our conversation. When we were preparing this episode, you told me that this Nashville bombing would serve as a memorable reminder of not only how connected we still are by voice, but also the role that FlowRoute is playing in putting systems back together. So perhaps we could start there. Yeah, so BCM1 is a premier voice and business communications provider. At the end of the day, a full spectrum of voice and SMS flash messaging services along with managed products such as managed SD-WAN or even managed SIP trunking where we offer devices at the end of the connections in order to better manage quality of the voice services and so on. So that in a nutshell is BCM1. Specific to FlowRoute, FlowRoute offers pay-as-you-go voice services, our key focus is mission-critical voice. That's the sort of differentiating segment that we are playing in and want to grow in. And you were involved in the reparations in Nashville. Portions of Nashville that used that particular AT&T data center for transiting inbound local calls were essentially out of commission. Um, in um, that particular market area, because FlowRoute had hypernetwork in operation, we were able to route around that data center and use an alternate carrier pathway. So uh, within a matter of hours, uh, our customers who had purchased local phone numbers from FlowRoute were back up and running. So hypernetwork is FlowRoute's and BCM1's uh, patented and exclusive business continuity solutions for inbound calling. So if there is degradation of voice or possibly even a carrier outage for calls that are inbound into a local number that is purchased from FlowRoute, what HyperNetwork allows us to do is essentially completely bypass that degraded or uh, pathway or carrier path that has an outage so the calls actually arrive at an alternate carrier pathway onward to the customer. So a lot of people who are not directly involved in this line of business probably don't think much about their phone systems. I mean, they just take it for granted that it works. 
Uh, they've likely got a national carrier that they think about, that they connect with, and they've also got their personal smartphones. So for people who are not specialists in this area, what can you say that they need to know about to realize how important business continuity solutions like yours are when they might feel they already have enough? They probably believe they've already got sufficient redundant connections. So where's the hole here that they need to see? Yeah, that's a really good question. In fact, I think um, back in the day when we were not transiting voice through the public internet or even with managed services back when we had twisted copper pairs into all of our homes and businesses, um, there was a real physical connection between the originating voice pathway and the destination uh, of that call. That is um, significantly no longer the case. Um, uh, a large majority of voice traffic is now transited through voice over IP networks. And so the potential for disruption along that pathway is now manifold compared to previously where you had like a physical hardwired connection. That in light of the uh, hacking of systems or, or potential service disruptions that are caused by malicious actors in a data center that takes out an entire network uh, for a substantial period of time. I think these sort of combined factors, um, while somewhat frequent, but not as frequent and somewhat localized, I think don't present to a common user the sense that their voice in today's world is subject to failure. Um, I think we are, we are maybe potentially have been conditioned to voice not having an issue, but it, there is an underlying issue. I'll go back to, um, I want to say around September, October, where a, a, an important player in the VoIP services space, Bandwidth, had a distributed denial of service attack, took out their infrastructure entirely. So these are very real threats to our voice ecosystem. And so this is where hypernetwork um, comes into place. Um, at the, for lack of a better phrase, it is an insurance policy against possible um, disruptions to the to, to the voice platform. And I maybe the the step that would that I would take further in 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 plugging the hole as you describe it, Steve, where hypernetwork solves for something that may not be apparent is that when transactions between be it a business or a consumer and the intended party. Uh, is truly meaningful, be it a complex transaction especially, not just basic, you know, I want to book a room in a hotel type of a situation, but if you're solving on the phone with a nurse a conversation about your particular health or you're trying to reach a school uh, in the event of a, a, God forbid, an active shooter incident and so on and so forth, right? So you want to be able to speak clearly. You want to be able to ask follow-on questions uh, the typical communication channels that we often resort to, be it Slack or texting, et cetera, don't really add up. You know, you need to be able to have one-on-one -on -one conversations reliably without um, possibility of distraction or disruption. So we truly believe in these cases, again, back to a comment I made earlier, mission-critical voice applications, that's where Hypernetwork truly solves the need. That certainly helps dispel the myth that voice is on the decline. You know, it, it is not. Um, the mediums through which voice is conveyed have shifted, but it is the number one customer communication channel. You, you look at the incredible amount of regulatory um, 
intervention with the Stir Shaken Act from the FCC to undergird legitimate voice and reduce the amount of robocalling and, and spam calling and so on and so forth. Um, so I, I think for for to set the context would be voice in and of itself is extremely viable. In fact, I would go so far as to say when you tack on the secondary and tertiary customer communication channels, such as SMS, business messaging, and then the other OTT services, like I mentioned, WhatsApp, uh, Facebook Messenger, it almost looks as though the kinds of customer interactions that are happening on voice have increased in criticality and importance because the transactional exchanges are secondary and tertiary mediums. So like the preponderance of the quality of interactions on voice is now much higher. And so you put that in the context of what, of what Hypernetwork is solving for. When it matters, you call. And when you call, you want to reach someone. That, that should be your tagline. When it matters, you call, right? Once it gets important, then we get human. When we get human, we need to talk live. So it's, it truly is voice that we're focusing on here. Uh, IT reminds me of an event that happened in Canada back in July 8th, 2022, when one of the country's two primary cellular and TV communications companies, Rogers, experienced an almost nationwide blackout. This was not sabotage or terrorism, just simply an internal upgrade error that went horribly wrong. But for that one day, the whole country learned just how much of their communications infrastructure they were taking for granted. And it is those kind of events that show that they can still happen. So we're looking here again in terms of having that comfort, that awareness that we have redundancy, we have a plan B, a contingency. So what would people who are listening to this podcast, what should they think about? You know, when they look around their office or their workspace, what sort of checklist could they go through to ask themselves you know, how we actually connect? And they might figure that sending text messages and email will be sufficient to carry them through an outage. So what assessment could they look for in terms of identifying just how important your service is? Yeah, that's a really good question. I, I, a couple of things come to mind. One, if you were to just imagine a scenario in your mind, um, if you rely on inbound calling at all, period, right? If any, any portion of whatever you're providing be it a service um, or you are uh, providing a contact center-based application. If any portion of your business has any meaningful reliance on inbound calls, um, you want to think about a solution like Hypernetwork because um, I I think we've already described a couple of scenarios uh, that are tragic in nature, but um, uh, sort of the flip side of that coin would be, uh, use use the contact center example, there are inbound-only contact centers. Um, or there are contact centers for whom inbound calling is essentially the lifeblood of their business. Um, and a lot of them are tier two, tier three support for a particular product or a service. Um, and so in those scenarios, um, may, maybe one of the things a, a client or an enterprise could think of is if I had uh, even a periodic disruption of inbound calling into my platform, into my contact center, into my CRM space, uh, if there is any meaningful impact, then I think Hypernetwork is an incredible solution for local calling to prevent those sorts of disruptions, right? Um, I, I, um, maybe some, some industry segment information would be helpful as well. So if you're in the, health, in the healthcare space, and here again, there are variations. So there's healthcare that's specific to uh, 
the practice of medicine. So if you're calling a doctor's office, but somewhat equally important for patients is also um, billing or invoice resolution uh, with large medical or complex invoice statements that you're like, why am I being charged this large amount of money? Here again, uh, I think inbound calling being available without uh, possibility of failure. Um, FinTech is an important segment to have to where uh, if you're again completing complex financial transactions, if you're calling your broker for a particular incident and so on. Uh, we talked about uh, schools a moment ago. So if you're in the education space and you do need to have the ability to contact administration. So if you're in any of these spaces, government is an important uh, segment too. So if you're in any of these particular verticals, um, if you're in the inbound contact center space, any environment where you cannot afford to either have degradation of inbound calling or an outage, uh, this is an important feature you should have in your toolbox to solve. How does the hyper-network operate with regards to the cloud? I mean, what are the mechanisms behind that? Yeah, I harken back to what I started off, uh, Steve, when you were asking about how do you position a service or an offering like this when we don't think about voice being at risk, right? And I think where the cloud component comes into space, it comes into play, would be the fact that um, a vast majority of our traffic today does transit the cloud, the proverbial cloud. So it is no longer, um, I'd even go so far as to say, portion of traffic that actually transit even um, dedicated internet circuitry is a small percentage. So it's primarily transiting the public internet. And then where the cloud part comes into play on, on our, on the floor out end is our ability to um, transact business through our APIs and portals. So we are an e-commerce self-service environment. So for a customer to be able to purchase local numbers, uh, look up inventory, uh, either through a, a, a user interface or through an API, if you have the ability to write code and build into your own workflow. I think the ability to purchase those local numbers and then be able to transact that business with uh, you know, minimal human involvement from a provisioning and an ongoing management perspective, I think would be an important um, asset to have for any operator in the cloud. Um, and um, the, the other thing maybe I would also add is we are a floor routes um, sort of pedigree, if you will, is not a telecom company. We are a primarily, a, I would say, a software company who grew up into telecom, for lack of a better phrase. And so um, we are at that crossroads of being able to deliver services for uh, cloud communications providers, but with deep telephony expertise, especially knowing the regulatory environment that's here in North America surrounding telephony. That's a key component as well, the regulatory issue. Uh, this is like an as-a-service service, right? Yeah, telephony as a service is a is an acronym I have used uh, at at some points in, in in prior conversations. I would absolutely say that so. You know, both from voice numbers and messaging. Maybe the only um, differentiation from what is typically uh, thought of when you say as a service is a flat subscription model. We are a pay as you use model, so maybe that's the one differentiation. But um, to your point about um, the methodology of consuming those services, it's 100% cloud. Let's talk about the relationship you have with traditional phone providers. 
Is that how it works? Do you pair up or are you competing directly against them? I'm just curious to understand the relationship between the companies that we see as the traditional phone providers and FlowRoute. Um, I don't know who coined this word, but I use it on and off, and that's coopetition. There are instances where we cooperate and there are instances where we compete, right? So um, specifically in the local number space, um, you know, um, establishing local number presence without going into all the nitty-gritty of the telecom ecosystem is capital intensive. So uh, it, it has barriers to entry for, for, you know, for a variety of reasons. So there are players and there are only so many players in every market that from whom uh, a provider like ourselves can purchase phone numbers. So we are partners, we are customers, suppliers, if you will, in that ecosystem. But uh, those very same players who have local number number authority, if you will, within a particular market, also sell their own services directly, right? So, so in that respect, we are competitors as well. So I think there's a fairly, uh, I would say, healthy symbiosis between us and these incumbent players, if you will, the traditional telephony players. Um, maybe where we set ourselves apart would be our agility. Um, I mentioned, and you, you asked the question and I answered it, we are a cloud telephony services provider, right? And several of the uh, traditional players have a bit of a challenge sort of playing in that space. Like I said, we are as a company originated out of tele uh, software, grew up in telephony, they're going the other direction. So uh, sort of the cloud first mindset, if you will, uh, is already ingrained in our people and in our systems. So I think, um, yeah, it's, it's co-opetition and probably the best way to describe that, yeah. My last question is just about normal day-to-day -day life. I was talking earlier about having people look around and maybe making a list of what they need in terms of uninterrupted communications. And we talked about a couple of extreme examples, but let's imagine the people who would sort of say, well, you know, I've already got a telco, so I'm going to risk it. You know, what are the odds that we're going to lose all contact? What could you say to that kind of complacency or that, if you like, unwillingness to face risk? Yeah, so I, I have a maybe a different take on that. Um, we are not trying to be everything to everybody. Um, that's why, you know, in, in one of our answers, my answers to your earlier questions, um, we believe we are best suited for mission critical voice applications. Doesn't mean we don't provide voice services for other partners, but hyper-network, hyper honestly, is not for everybody. So we hope, based on all the hard work we've put in to create a product that is meaningful, it covers 80% of the U.S. population, uh, you know, and as a result of the VCM1 acquisition, we've now expanded that footprint 150%. So th there is, and it, by the way, it comes with an SLA uh, uh, for both restore and repair times and communication time, so on. So we've, despite all that, our hope is that our mission-critical voice prospect would see the value that we believe we're bringing to the table. Um, and it is not for everybody, like I said. So if people for whom voice is mostly secondary, um, then this may not be for them. You know, if, if your primary communication channel with your customers is uh, through text or through other OTT systems like Facebook Messenger or WhatsApp, et cetera, then this is not for them. But for people who truly depend on it for their business, we believe this is a significant difference maker. So David, where can people find you to learn more about what FlowRoute offers? 
the best place would be flowroute.com slash hypernetwork. Perfect. Perfect. Just to spell that out, it's flowroute, F-L-O-W-R-O-U-T-E dot com slash hypernetwork. Normal spellings. Who will also be in the show notes to this episode. So, David Anandraj, Manager of Product Management for the e-commerce segment of BCM1, this has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Clouds Weeks podcast. Yeah, thank you so much, Steve, for having me on the call. And I uh, hope that your listeners would, one, enjoy the conversation, uh, find some meaning and value and uh, information that makes a difference. And we hope when, when and if you have a need for critical voice communications, you would think of Floorout and Hypernol. Thank you. And as for us, you can also check us out at cloudtweaks.com and follow us on Twitter at cloudtweaks. If your company is looking for some great exposure to thousands of decision makers in the IT, cloud, and related industries worldwide, please get in touch. We can craft a campaign that will get you noticed through our website, social media, and newsletter channels, all of which enjoy a substantial readership. Until next time, I'm Steve Prentice. Thanks for listening.